Hey, and welcome to this episode of Co-Creating with AI. Uh, I'm Martin, and with me, as always, is my co-host, Rasmus. How are you today, Rasmus? I'm good. A bit tired. And uh, yeah, I mean, we didn't prep for this more than like one minute, uh, yeah. but hopefully it will be a fun exploration like last time. Yes. And also, I will tell you that we now have our uh, first uh, external guest confirmed, who I just yeah. had a onboarded to our product yesterday and chatted with who's a very experienced um, tech entrepreneur, like a CTO um, over many, many years and built a very, very exciting database that we're actually using ourselves. Uh, and that's built on kind of the same foundational principles that, of course, uh, we're building on. So he's he has a lot of interesting thoughts. I think you'll enjoy it as well. Yeah, awesome. Really looking forward to that. Uh, it's been a really hectic week. Uh, lots of stuff to do and uh, um, nice weather and the the family pulling in the other direction uh, and uh, it's it's a lot of fun uh, to see everything that is happening now in the in the product and the company yeah i mean it's so hectic that i even forgot to ask back how are you but luckily you <laughs> you answered that anyhow yeah. <laughs> i didn't point out point out my insensitivity yeah no problem it's all good yeah, so today we're going to talk about um, what does the future look like? Uh, what, how do we know when we're there with uh, actual co-creation with AI? What would that look like? And I, that's a super exciting topic for us to talk about. And uh, we're going to keep it short and to the point. Um, and uh, I don't know, like, do you want to start off uh, with with defining this? We talked last episode about a sort of uh, autonomy as being part of co-creation. Um, are there any more definitions to give uh, to frame this topic of what yeah, I think? Yeah, what will it look like? What will co-creation with AI look like in the future? Yeah, I mean, let's set the stage for what makes it possible, which I think we actually covered quite well uh, last time. Um, and I mean, the first part was AI native, right? And why is that important? Well, with our definition, AI native, again, means that, uh, you know, whatever tool you're using, whatever thing you're doing, both you and the AI have access to the tools, you know? And mm -hmm. if we think about that in software, that's just like, you know, we gave the example of Adobe uh, going there slowly with their Firefly and most likely will mm -hmm. expand so that the AI can utilize the full power Hopefully, of Adobe yeah. Photoshop. Yeah. yeah, I mean, that's that would be my guess in the way they're mm -hmm. going. And of course, we're going there, you know, straight to the point with multiply. Yeah. Uh, but um, uh, so that's the first thing, right? Because I mean, how are we going to paint together if we don't have both have a, a, a you know access to the colors and the brush mm -hmm. and the canvas? Mm -hmm. So that's kind of the first thing. And then the second thing is, of course, autonomy, because the difference between using a tool, in my opinion, you know, using the brush um, and painting together with you, is that you are autonomous. You know, mm -hmm. you, you are a person, you will do unexpected things. You will um, respond to the things I'm doing and you will, you know, take initiative and come with ideas and, and work proactively, you know, on the painting. Mm -hmm. So that, those are two like foundational building blocks, which makes, makes sense, right? You just think about the painting example. Uh, and I think then we can explore and I'd love to hear your, you know, uh, your visions and thoughts around it. Okay, so what can we paint together with AI? What is the co like? How, how does a co-creative future look like if we have, you know, different types of AI native interfaces, products, context situations? Um, mm. 
where where we have autonomous then agents that can work with us. Yeah. It's, uh, immediately something comes to mind as uh, will, which would be just an awesome moment to experience in co-creating with AI, uh, which would be if if I'm uh, let's say I'm writing a text or uh, doing whatever uh, together with an autonomous AI agent, and the agent says, "Hang on, Martin, I have a great idea. Can I just try something? Like, uh, just give me a minute. I'm gonna let's." I have this greatest idea. I'm going to show you what I mean. And and there's and the so the AI is like some, is like actually actually asking for a window of exploring something where it knows that it might be going out on a limb, taking a taking a risk, but it can be worth it. So let's try it. And it's asking for that space. That would be awesome. Like it's it's also an awesome thing to do as a human when you're co-creating with other humans. And if an AI has the like the just the presence and the the notion of context to that it can do that, it's it's allowed. That would be an awesome thing. Uh, that and that was just an, a random idea that came to my yeah. mind. But now when you talked, no, but I think that that's like I think that also sort of relates back to some previous points we've covered on this podcast, which is like I think maybe we did it last time as well. Like, um, you know, like what what is the um, different elements of autonomy and what you're describing there for me is kind of like right so now you are working on something and it understands the purpose and the context of that Hmm. and because it is autonomous and understands that it can take initiative and come with an unasked for suggestion yes or idea and that's like that's very like different from using software right rarely something happens without you doing it i mean i guess i guess games would be the, the yeah you know it would, would be, be the like, exception yeah in a in a game that would happen then it, and then that would be designed by by a human right yeah but it's happen. interesting like even in yeah. the game at least i don't know now i haven't been a gamer for a long time mm-hmm. really but with my understanding even at the current level of like you know whatever assassin's creed or something mm. if you're standing still nothing happens uh, I mean, yeah, ish. Maybe. I mean, I mean, things are moving ish. around you, but yeah. like, no one's gonna come and like, let's go on an adventure. Or like, if you're not doing, there's always like a feeling of I'm taking a step, and then mm. the, the 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 computer, so to say, is yeah. taking a step. Whereas what I'm sensing and what you're seeing and relating to like something that that I really feel like would be co-creating with AI yeah. is when it's indistinguishable from another person in the sense yeah. that. Like, you know, when we're working together, it's it's not like, you know, or let's, let's put it another way. Very often every week you come with some, you write me something unexpected, mm-hmm. but it's within your, you know, role at the company, yeah. right? Your CPO, and you come with an idea or you do something and then tell me about it afterwards. Uh, that's a very different thing from like me mm. telling you do this and then you doing it and reporting it back to me. So yeah. that sense, I think, of like, okay, we're both working here to build this company. And mm. yes, we've agreed maybe some role descriptions and some, you know, common purpose. Because I think even AI will need, you know, you can't just have a, well, I mean, maybe you can, but mm. at least for the foreseeable future, you'll have like an AI agent being a product manager or being something. It won't be the company and do everything in the company. If so, mm. it will split into sub-agents anyhow. So the way we will interact with with them will be specific. So that that's kind of my sense of it. When it's indistinguishable, it's a coworker. You know, yeah. uh, and 
also, I think that puts some demands on AI native apps. And we've discussed this a lot, right, with some upcoming releases, is that as long as we distinguish in the interface, if we're talking about software, mm. between, you know, a person and an AI, mm. it's not true co-creation. It will be when we don't. Mm. When, you know, the experience of it is, say, like being in a Google Doc together, you know, mm. and then the AI is there as well. And, and it's just like, yeah, you know, it's the AI probably, but... Mm but it still just like acts like another person in there. Um, that was pretty like high level, but I, but I, that was came, came after listening to you. And so would it be preferable if the, let's say, because I, I actually had uh, exactly the, the experience what, that you described that you referred to with the game. Uh, now the kids are on summer leave. So uh, this week on Monday, when I was working in the, at, at home, um, one of the kids in the house left their Xbox, like the game on Xbox running and just left and did something. And and the, it became annoying because there was an NPC on the screen that said, like, what are we waiting for? And then it had an, like two more phrases, like, you're just standing there with a dumb look on your face. And then it said a third thing I can't remember. And then it started like yeah. looping those three over and over. And in a game environment, I guess... Having three different phase, uh, phrases uh, to to like as a as a let's move forward uh, thing is enough for the game. But so what what would it look like? Let's say I'm in a Google Doc or I'm in Multiply working with an AI, and then I just leave, and the AI would not just repeat three the same three fra- phrases. It would be like, "Hey Martin, are you still there?" And then like, I'm just gonna go ahead and and do the thing here while. While you're gone, or like, what would be the preferable action? Like, it, it I mean, works, I think for, that... works for a while, and then it has a question it can't, it needs to have answers, so it pauses and waits, waits for, for more information, or, or comes back and says, "I actually found that information online now, so I'm going to go ahead." I, did, I I thought I needed you, but I don't anymore, so I'm just going to write this, the text. We're yeah, working on. yeah. And it's interesting. I mean, I think even that for me is like what you're describing is definitely co-creating with AI. Yeah. But like if you take it one step further, like it, it's a little bit like Google Maps, in my opinion. It's like I don't know how you were, but when I started using Google Maps, I didn't trust it. Like I know how to drive in my city. Mm-hmm. I know where the where when there's queues and stuff in different places, you know, mm-hmm. when there, there there's traffic. Um <laughs> but then like now. Like, I don't even bother. I just, like, follow what it does. And I guess that's not, like, the co-creative future, but I think it relates to, like, trust and Mm. trust-enabling autonomy. And I think what you're describing is still, like, an initial state of trust when it will, will, like, ask you. You will expect it and want it to, and I think that's fine. Expect and want it to to, to sort of uh, tell you what it's doing at all times Mm. and then ask you questions and not take, you know, too bold actions like before you approve. But if you take that little step further, as you grow safe with this AI, Mm. uh, within or this agent, actually, this um, Mm. social media manager agent that Mm. you'll have in Multiply, uh, you know, after you see it's doing well, yeah, maybe sometimes you want to review its log of what it's done and stuff, you know, maybe like you would do with an, a teammate, you know, maybe, Mm. I don't know. I don't do that, but, uh, but like you, you'll like enjoy it much more when it comes to you and say, "Hey, I've increased social media reach by you know <laughs> a 
5,000 people this week. Yeah. And, and, and you just see the posts appearing in the social media channels, which mm -hmm. is like what you would expect from a social media manager as a person. Um, so I think that's, that's like, but that's going to be a journey. Uh, mm. And I really think it will start where, where you described. And I think it will end up um, maybe further, but like at least where uh, the way I describe it now, mm. uh, sooner or later. Yeah, I, I think that you're absolutely right that when you've built that certain uh, level of trust, then there's no questions anymore. And, and maybe you you start realizing or you start knowing exactly what, what tasks are better that the AI uh, agent uh, does on its own and where do you need to cooperate and what, what is better that the human does on its own. So it, it sort of crystallizes uh, after a while um, and streamlines the, the co-creation. And, and uh, so initially, uh, when, when you work on new tasks, uh, it's much more hands-on and uh, a back-and-forth conversation about how should it, this, this look like, what are the objectives, what are the data to work from. And over time, uh, either the human or the AI becomes more and more autonomous uh, to do its thing. Um, and 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 uh, and and that that uh, that would will also be a sign that we have achieved uh, that we are in the future that that trust can evolve that there's a there's a cooperation that evolves over time. Yeah, and also like I think what you just described, like we just. Uh recruited a new uh, or like we're testing to work with a new community manager uh, really feel good about him actually and the reason I do is actually just what you described it's that we started very strictly like hey here's our content workflow this is our podcast we use it to do this and this and we have a product update every week and then he's like you know it's very much back and forth right mm. to establish yeah. his yeah. process and role description and iterate on it because obviously we weren't doing, th doing things perfectly but I can already feel his autonomy increasing. And that means he has like more initiatives. Mm. And that doesn't necessarily mean, I mean, it means he asks less questions, but it doesn't necessarily mean we collaborate less. It's like mm. working with another person. It's just like, you know, the more, you know, proficient you become in what you're doing and the more trust there is between you and the better mm. the communication, the more you can get done and co-create together. Uh, so it's really that thing, like that it's... Uh, um, and allowing that to be a natural process, I also think that is what you described now and, and what I mm. gave as a human reference. Um, you know, when it feels natural to work with AI, mm. that's the future. People talk about natural language, but they end up prompting, yeah. you know, and writing very like, in order to get good shit done, you need to like... Yeah, and you start realizing in order to really get the, the right things done, you need to become more and more mechanic and you like the prompts we are writing now often contains uh sevdu code like it, because yeah. it's it's more mo so much more specific and so much more dense in semantics if you write code instead of natural language so prompting is is very is, is actually a very mechanic action and and uh, it will be always be at the at the core of working with lms but we should not force users to become prompt engineers just to co-create with with ai no and i think you have another point there which is like hidden in there which is the difference between prompting is like it's a one-off instruction and that's why i mm. call all existing ai tools assistance you tell it what to do it does it and you're quite like 
a micromanager in the sense that you yeah. prompt it, you know, very specifically. Whereas if you have an autonomous agent that you can work with in the natural way I described with our new community manager, and therefore, you know, so to say, the prompt doesn't need to be perfect because the AI learns from it. The agent mm -hmm. learns from your process together and synthesizes the instructions into, for example, a role description, an objective or a list of objectives, um, you know, a list of tools, etc., and also feedback on the actual, uh, you know, yeah, let's say content produced or like the things it's it's doing. Mm. Um, so I think that's like a really big thing in 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 co-creation. I think you've touched upon this before, like the difference between like I don't know how you put it, but like basically these models are super smart already. Yeah, they're smart enough already to be honest mm. to do most things better than people, uh, but. Uh, their like intelligence is not enough to do something well. You need to also have like process and learning how to do something. Uh, yeah. Einstein couldn't, you know, um, use Adobe Photoshop just because he's Einstein. You know, hmm. um, he would have to learn it, and maybe it'd be bad, maybe it'd be good. But anyhow, yeah. And th this uh, uh, was also uh, related to by Mark Zuckerberg in the Lex Friedman uh, interview recently uh, like I, I guess last week where where uh, Mark uh, Lex asked him about uh, AGI what is needed for AGI and and he said what what I believe also believe is true like that we are actually at the level of intelligence needed we just need autonomy and and so the next step of development will be autonomy or and or rather what what would make AGI scary like intelligence mm. is already there. What can make it scary is autonomy, and and it's scary because it's unknown. We don't know what what happens, and that's I think that's why you and me are attracted to it, Rasmus. Like because it's we yeah. want to go there to explore and like carefully feel where are the limits and what what are the possibilities of autonomous AI. Yeah, and it's interesting. Like in terms of scary, actually, yeah, I mean. A robot that tells that does everything you do exactly when you tell it to, right? Mm. That's not scary. It's like if I if I had a daughter that listened to everything I said, I could sleep at the beach. Yes, but I don't, so I keep an eye out because she's very independently minded. <laughs> so she might do. Like she doesn't often, but she might do something crazy. Yeah, um, and I think that's like I think that's actually to the point. We're not scared of intelligence. Actually, we're probably scared of autonomy. Yeah. In the same way that, um, I mean, the scary thing with the, the kind of Russia-Ukraine situation to a completely different mm. angle is we don't know what Putin's going to do. Mm. You know, we don't, mm. right? Um, and I'm not saying anything about it. I'm just saying that's the scary thing. The scary mm. thing is the uncertainty. That's what scares people. That's what's really uncomfortable. Just like there's a lot of research on this. Um, but I also think like, I mean, I didn't listen to the Mark Zuckerberg inter interview, so I'm like, Speaking no, a little should. bit it's, dark, it's dark really there. great. Yeah he, yeah, he made another example as well, which is uh, it, it, it speaks to your point uh, about uh, uh, intelligence versus autonomy, which is that if you if you think about a computer virus, that uh, is uh, is software that is granted a lot of autonomy to move around in the world and spread freely and designed to do so, but it doesn't have a lot of intelligence, and and. Yeah. So it's an example of how intelligence is actually not needed to be scary or take over wow. the world. I hadn't even thought about LLM powered yeah. viruses. 
yeah. shit, that's like a really yeah. bad bad thing with like llama being leaked and stuff. Then like they, they and can... that and they're becoming smaller. So they're gonna be able to just like move around, you know? Yeah. And and, like and just and, and pay the 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 it pays for for, uh, for server capacity at the lowest bidder uh, provider. Yeah. Yeah. yeah well. But I think that's interesting because I think like we touched upon like what what would that like because I'm like very optimistic, of course, in terms of like otherwise I wouldn't be building this. It's not only mm. and I don't think it's for you either, like pushing the limit, uh, but it's actually because what it can bring. And we've talked about that before, like uh, like a co-creative future with like each other and AI is, is mm. can be like extremely abundant and beautiful. Um, but I think it's interesting to sort of I think we should do a topic about that, like an episode, uh, maybe not the next one, but like the scary stuff. But I need to read that deep down into like Elisir's Sudokovsky, I can't pronounce his name, but you know what I mean, and all those guys. Um would be like an interesting Elisa topic Yudkowski. to explore. Okay, thank you. Yeah. Um, <laughs> yeah. Life. Yeah, we can talk about that. And uh, but I, I really I feel into Noam Chomsky's uh, notion of uh, optimism being uh, the best way to to create a better future, and uh, and you have to you have to be able to imagine the good things to to create them. Yeah, did you watch Tomorrowland? By the way, no, no. What is that? Oh, is it a movie it. or yeah. a, a series? It's a movie. It's a movie. Right. Oh, it's beautiful. Oh, no, it's uh, it like this point. Yeah, like I don't want to say anything else, but it's like okay. the core point of the whole movie that you just awesome. made. And I'll it's beautifully, like uh, beautifully made, and ch- ch- I'd say pretty child friendly. Yeah. Pretty child friendly. Your kids definitely. Cool. So I think we'll leave it off here, and um, um, we've talked about uh, what will the future look like. How do we know when we are actually co-creating with AI and for real? And uh, uh, also listen to uh, Lex Friedman's interview of um, Mark Zuckerberg and watch the movie Tomorrowland. Sure. Yeah. Thanks, Martin. This has been fun. Thank you, Rasmus. See you. Uh, I was going to say see you next time, but I'll, I, I, <laughs> I'll see, see you like later an today. hour. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> cool. Thanks to the listener as well.